So in, on, in messengers, we always say it, it's a safe place, but the Lord is our safe place, right? And the Lord is here right now. And, and, and His angels are here, and the Holy Spirit is here. And we have everything possible. I was singing more, more love, more power, more of you in our lives. It's not that uh, we, it's not that God is not giving us. Because everything is perfect in Him, and we have everything already in Christ, right? But when I sing that, I, I'm not asking God for more. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to open me to the more that He has already given me. So that I may tap into that. Because in worship, we come in, in the secret place, right? So I'm, I'm going to share on worship today. And um, I want to thank the Lord for His Word. We'll open in John chapter 4, verse 23. Thank you, Jesus, for your Word. Thank you for, for your Holy Spirit guiding us through the Word we want to partake into you, into the Word, have this relationship with the Word, who you are, Jesus. You are the Word. And we partake in that. Merci pour ta parole, qui est la vérité et la vie. Thanks for your Word. Life. <laughs> Life, Jesus. Truth. You are the way. Amen. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Can somebody say true worshippers? Worshipper. Wake up your neighbor, tell him, true worshippers. <laughs> For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. We have this uh, conference for the young people. We, so we have potential, but we have also another one which is regional. It's called Esprit et Vérité, which means spirit and truth. And I ask people, young people, what do you think about the word spirit and truth? We go into the context of, of this chapter, but today I'm not able to go into the context of this chapter. I don't have time for that. But we have the word of God as a revelation for us today, right? And, and we partake into the relationship with the Word. So I ask young people, what do, you, what, what do you think about this when you hear spirit and truth? And, uh, and I can ask you the same question. What comes in your mind when I say spirit and truth? Who's brave enough to tell me? <laughs> Worship. That's good. There's no wrong answer. I'm a teacher. That's what I always tell <laughs> my students. <laughs> Jesus is the truth, yeah, but, but you're talking with a, with a Bible mindset, right? I'm asking you, if you see the word spirit and truth, what do you think? What comes in your mind? And the young people would say, authenticity. Genuine, genuine, genuineness, you say? I don't know if you say authenticity, right? You do? Okay. Authenticity. <laughs> and... Uh, and that's it. That's really it. To be authentical, to be genuine. You say genuine here, right? In your worship. Genuine. So, I want to challenge you today. I was praying and said, God, what do you want me to, 
to say, and I, I want to challenge you on being a true worshipper. There, there, there are worshippers everywhere, guys. Everywhere. Even people that say they don't worship, they don't believe in God, they still worship. They, see, they, they worship something. They, they worship uh, maybe their job, maybe their call, maybe the, oh, maybe the cause. <laughs> and, 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 and whatever is in their bank account, they will worship, right? And uh, they are worshippers, but are there, are there true worshippers? So God is looking for true worshippers. That's what, what he's doing. So worship, let's speak a little bit. We, I, I, you know everything about worship already because you have great teachers, right? So, and, and many people come. But I want to I share on that because God is challenging me on this also, to be a true worshiper. So open up in, in Genesis chapter 22, verse 5. It's about Abraham going to sacrifice his son. And uh, the Lord told him to go and to sacrifice his son. And he went uh, to the land of Moriah. And on the verse number four, on, it says, On the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, so there were followers, um, helpers, but he said to the young men, stay here with donkey and I, I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. So he told them to wait and him and the boy will go and worship. That's the very first mention of the name of the word worship in the Bible. In the Old Testament, the very first mention of the word worship. And what Abraham was doing was serving the Lord. He was obeying the Lord. So what's the meaning of worship in a way? It's to serve. It's to obey. Serve and obey. You see, our service for God is worship to God. I will serve you wherever you are. It's not just in church. It's when you obey God according to the plan and purpose that He has already set before you to undertake. Amen? Yes. And when you obey Him, you're worshipping Him. Yes. It's not only about a musical time. It's not only about a, a, a singing time. When you sing, when you praise. It's not only that. It's through a style of life. Through a way of living. Amen? So, let's look at something very interesting in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It's a warning for us when we worship. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. Who of you know that Jesus, when he went someplace, he wasn't alone? He was not lonely. He wasn't alone. But he was surrounded by a crowd. There were 12 bodyguards with him, right? <laughs> and then a lot of women around. And uh, sometimes the sick persons wanted to, f since they were free and, and delivered and healed, wanted to follow Jesus, right? 
and he comes to this place, a little village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Let's stop there, because um, Martha is a good person. I want to stop there and and say Martha is really an awesome lady. And um, Caroline actually would advocate for that. She would even create like an association, like an organization for Martha, you know, because she, she really, I mean, every time I preach on that, she's like, Martha, I'm Martha's side. So we need Martha's in churches. We need the Martha's in the church. Amen? Amen. We need the Martha's in the family. We need them. They are like, we need, we need Mary's, okay, we, but we need also Martha's. Creatures of God, God created them for a purpose, for a reason, and and and, and they are accomplishing, um, partaking into what the Lord has already said before them, right? So, the thing is, there's the rest of the story. If we stayed there, we would be, okay, Martha, go, Martha, it's uh, good. But there's uh, the rest of it, and it says, Ash, and she went up to him and said, Lord, Lord, do, do you not care that my sister has left me? To serve alone. Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And we see that Martha was not validated, was not approved. At least her attitude was not approved. I would go further. Her service was not approved. And going further, her worship was not approved. You see, there, there's, there's two types of worship here in this, in this house. And Martha, she gives us an, an indication. She says to Jesus, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So there's a worship that is done alone. There's a worship that is done in service and alone. And I'm like wondering, why was she alone? Why did she do that on, her, on, her, on herself? What, why? What happened? She was receiving the master. She was a welcoming person. Um, when Pastor Joe will go to Mauritius, he will see the, 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 the welcoming people. We, we ha- have a tendency in Mauritius to welcome people like, like goodness, um, gods <laughs> because um we we have this in our dna you know on the islands now i live in paris so i don't do that anymore but <laughs> you're, you're most welcome to come also oh goodness i've been in new york and they're not welcoming people at all <laughs> oh my goodness and um she wanted to serve she wanted to Worship Jesus, right? But she was lonely. She was alone. And she felt like, like pressured to perform. And, 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 and she was frustrated. And she came to Mary. At least she came to Jesus, not to Mary. She could have said, Mary, come. But she came to Jesus and said, Jesus, tell her. 
<laughs> the, th the other thing is that when, who knows that when you listen to, to somebody, this person is talking to you. So when she arrives, she interrupts Jesus. She interrupts the communion. She interrupts the interaction, the relationship here. And the thing is, she will say to Jesus, don't you mind this? So sometimes we pray to Jesus also. We, are, we say, God, can't you see? Can't you see? And even in the service sometimes. I've been around worship leaders many times. And I, and I know that, that that's tough sometimes, you know, with the team and everything. And, and sometimes the, those, the team, I would speak to them and say, ah, why God can't see that I'm not, you know? But we can see that in many services in church and also in, in your place, in, in your home. Can't you see Jesus? How come? Don't you care? <laughs> but that's what she said. Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Are you not touched by that? But actually she forgot something. She forgot that Jesus has done the multiplication. And if he was able to do the multiplication, he was able to do that in the house. No, he's, he, he was in the house. He can't do that in my family. He can't do that in the church. He will do that only in evangelization campaigns. No, Jesus is the same. Amen? Yesterday, today, and forever. He can do it in your workplace. He can do it in your homes. He can do it here. So what happened is that she cut herself from two things. That's why she, were fr she was frustrated. She cut herself from communion, from fellowship, from one another, from her sister, and probably from the persons following Jesus, you know? Being lonely in her worship. And by doing so, she cut herself from God. To tell you a story about a name named George. George, in church, was a, like a revivalist, like playing guitar, preaching and everything. He was going on the streets, preaching to people and things like that. Then one day there were many things going on in the family, and little by little he stopped going to church. And with him, all his family stopped going to church. So he cut himself from the communion. He cut himself from the fellowship. He cut himself from other people, from the church. And by doing so, little by little, he cut himself from God. And he had this affair, and, and he, he went away from his home. And one day I received a text message that, that George was ill, was sick. And I prayed for him. And I was very concerned. And I was very saddened. Because you see, George, he's my dad. And I remember, I still remember that I went and prayed for him. And I said, God, I don't want him to be healed. That's what I said. You're probably shocked. I said, God, I want him to be saved. I want his soul to be saved. And the miracle happened. <laughs> he got healed. In the hospital, 
he said to the lady with whom he was having this affair, was living with her, I'm going back to my family. And he came back. The miracle is my mother accepted him. That's the, the peak of the miracle. And he has been restored in his ministry. Amen. But you see, when you cut yourself from communion and you want to serve alone, sometimes there's, there's this uh, tendency to leave everything and, and, and to leave God. There is a cut in, in the fellowship, in, in the flow, you know. And then you are left alone. And you are frustrated and you turn towards your own strength. And you want to do things with your own strength. So do not worship with your own strength. Do not worship being lonely, alone in a way, you know. But be connected to one another. And let, let God do his, his work. Because in, in choosing this way, you will be choosing the right part. Uh, the, the good part. Amen? Yeah. So, we are talking about intimacy. I, I don't quite know how to put the stress here. Intimacy? In, you understand what I mean? The fellowship, the, the closeness. So, there is this image, uh, this rabbinic image. I like to go to, to Israel and everything about Israel. I, I, I really enjoy. And when we are there, we are so blessed by everything around us. So there's this image, this rabbinic image. Um, um, there's this master going further, walking, and following him are the disciples. And the disciples following the master are so close to the master that the dust from the sandals on the master's feet will fall on the sandals of the disciples. You see this image? So the, 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 the dust from the shoes, from the master's shoes, will fall on the disciples' shoes because they are so close to him. And by being close to him, we benefit from what comes from the master. Amen? And that is this relationship, this closeness, this intimacy that the Lord wants with us. And Mary understood that. That's why she was sitting at Jesus' feet. And not many feet away. <laughs> really close to, to Jesus and listening. And, and where are you? I want to ask you this question because this question was asked in Genesis. Let's see Genesis chapter, chapter 3. Verse 8. It speaks about Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I like that. In the cool of the day. The atmosphere is set. And, and, and in French, we have um, this cool of the day. It says a, a, a breeze, a, a gentle breeze of the night. It doesn't say of the day. It says of the night. Une légère brise du soir. Soir is night. A cool breeze of the night. The atmosphere is said, every time I, I see this, I'm like, wow. Atmosphere of heaven. So, uh, in the cool of the day, which means the, uh, the end of the day, right? But the, you have this feeling that the atmosphere is said, there's something precious here. And the Lord, our God, comes to meet with 
his creature. The creator comes to meet with creation. And it says the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, of, of, of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And I want to ask you the same question. Because there's a divine appointment. Because there is this rendezvous. This meeting place. This secret place where the Lord is calling you. And the question is, where are you? Where are you? Where was Martha? Are you at the same, on the same, at the same spot? Where was Martha? There is something here. There's sin. Sin prevents, you know, men from being close to God. But there is also many ramifications lead, leading to that. It says, I heard the sound, that's Adam saying, and he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. You see, to be frightened, to be afraid, cuts ourselves from God's presence. Hearing the sound of God, I wonder how it was. Goodness, God Almighty coming, angels around him, trumpets and everything, and God coming down to have this relationship, to have this fellowship, to have this intimacy, to have this private time, wonderful time. And he's not there because he's caught up with fear and and. He has been deceived by the enemy in sin, in bondage. Do you know that God is also the God of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, as well as Sunday, but you already know that, right? So tomorrow, he will ask you the same question, where are you? And he, you know what? The Bible says when you come into the secret place, uh, which means a room that's very far, you know, you close the door, and what happens? The Father is already there. He's already, he's already there waiting for you. And, and, and I, I believe that we have a rendezvous, an appointment. Rendezvous is French. You understand this word, right? This connect, connection awaits you. Each and every day, not only on Sunday, but many of us, we wait Sundays to encounter, to leave the presence, to partake into that. Don't wait Sundays. Monday is good. Tuesday also. Amen? And every day of the week. And in the secret place, the Lord will give us, will reward us. We'll have joy, peace, love, the keys, you know, to open the doors for the day. <laughs> Amen? Because His goodness renews every day. Amen? I wish I could say that in French and you understand. I'm like taking my time, but I hope it's good. So you have also this passage in Matthew 25, and I end with that. 
Matthew 25 speaks about the ten ladies. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As, as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough of us, and for you, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the, other, nor the hour. It's, it's funny sometimes how people want, want, want to go to heaven want to partake into the kingdom, but they never had a relationship with God. It's like I go out with a girl, okay, before I was married, <laughs> and, and then uh, we eat, but then she will pay. <laughs> we won't talk. <laughs> I mean, I say she will pay because that's uh, the way we do on the islands, I don't know, here. Um, it's really the man who pays, you know, for the first date. That's what we do in Mauritius on the islands and everything. But we are in a Western society, freedom of, you know, <laughs> feminism and everything. So I'm okay with that. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, in this um, relationship, I never say, I never say I love you. Um, when she calls. I will speak only two minutes. I remember when um, Caroline and I, we knew each other. She lived in, in south of, of, um, of Reunion Island, which is a tiny island of French territory in the Indian Ocean, because there's not only Mauritius, there are little islands around. And, 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 and we were sleeping with the phone like that on <laughs> and, and, and talking until we sleep, you know? But, but, but in this relationship, just imagine a second, you are not taking care of this relationship at all. And then you come to the, to the woman and say, would you marry me? Or you would do like that and all those declarations. That's the same thing. Do you think that the lady, will, that the girl will marry you? Smart. <laughs> not if she's smart. <laughs> that would never happen. That's crazy. There's no relationship here. So if... You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every day of the week, January, 
February every month still, you know? And years, years going by. And when you die, you expect him to open heavens and you come in and you enjoy and you party. I want to pump it up in heaven. That's crazy. How would you think something like that? But there are people thinking that. They think they'll go in heaven because if they did something good, maybe open the door to somebody and that's it. And no wonder the Lord will say, I don't know you. I don't know you. To know is to, to have the intimacy. That's the word. Not only intellectually, but know in the heart. To have this relationship. To have communion. So there is a call in the story. I won't be able to go through this. But there's a call to wake up. Amen. A call to wake up. And a call to watch. To stay up. To stay up. Are you staying up for this encounter, for this relationship? Are you watching that? Because God has an appointment for you each and every day. You see, a worshiper is somebody who serves. A worshiper has another name. A worshiper's name is disciple. A disciple is a worshiper. God is looking for you. As he looked forward to this encounter with Adam, God is looking for you to have this relationship, this encountering part with him. So, the preach today is to be a worshiper, yes, but not, not only that, but to be a true worshiper. Are you true? Are you authentic? True, not hypocrite, hypocrites. Not superficial. You can be superficial sometimes, but not to be superficial. There's a call to live according to the ways of God. Jesus. Can I have some music? And let's, let's come to the Lord. I don't want to be too long. I hope I was not, because I want also to have this time of encountering the Lord here in this moment. Holy Spirit. know that we won't we won't go as we are we have to be transformed in his presence we have to receive you have to take in his presence and this taking part is to be transformed because he wants to give to us something new for today and there is newness and i have this word for this church there is newness each and every day in my presence that's the lord speaking to you new things a new creation, a new birth. Every time you come into my presence, 
a new strength, a new strategy. Every time you come into my presence and you have this renewed strength to move forward, to go and walk the walk. Holy Spirit, you are here. Jesus. Wake up to this call. Don't wait until it's too late. But wake up to to encounter Him, to tell Him you love Him, to have this relationship, this communion, this fellowship with the Lord. Don't wait. Don't wait anymore. So if some of you have been challenged Day. just close your eyes where you are and speak personally to the Holy Spirit more love more power more of you in my life More love, more power, more of you in my life, and I will worship you with all of my heart, and I will worship you with all of my soul, and I will worship you. Of my strength, you are my Lord. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. You are my God. You are my. I think this is a very important word for our church, but it's a very important piece for many of you. In 1979, I had graduated from college and I was uh, got a teaching job at Talmadge. I taught um, high school and coached soccer there just for a year. But in the meantime, um, I was studying at Berean College. It took me four years. They weren't so uh, good about distance learning back then. It was really a, little, a lot tougher. But I wanted so much to be in full-time ministry, and uh, I still had a year or so to go And while I was in my uh, time. And I remember uh, I'd pray on the way to school in the morning. We lived in Kent, and I would drive to Talmadge, and I would pray on the way. And I said, God, I want to be in full-time ministry so bad. And I've got to be honest with you, I had such a bad attitude. I was not doing well my first couple months teaching. I, I just I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be in ministry. And um, the Lord spoke to me on the way in the car, just nailed me one morning. And he said, if you would treat your job like ministry, it would be ministry. And I thought about Martha. She assumed that she was alone doing what she was doing, but she could have been singing while she was preparing food. She could have been singing while she was cleaning the kitchen. She could have been worshiping God saying, I am doing this to the glory of the Lord. And I'm I'm making this happen so that we can experience the life of Christ together. 
Because whether we're making food or making music or making widgets in a factory or whether you're teaching somebody or whatever, if you do it to the glory of God, you can change things. So after the first, up till Christmas, I I had such a rough time. I said, Lord, I want you to change my attitude. I went back and I started meeting with students in the cafeteria. We started a Bible study. I ended up taking a bunch of kids to a Keith Green concert. They went home speaking yes. in tongues. And I had to explain to parents and the principal what happened. I, uh, <laughs> I had a one-year contract. That was okay. And uh, then um, we ended up starting a Young Life group. There were a bunch of teachers. And God it's changed my perspective. He said, start looking for allies in the school. Tony Kajanko and Coach Tyree. And some of you know those names because they're in other. And uh, God just started Young Life there. And I thought, Lord, why didn't I see this? And the Lord is speaking to some of you right now saying you're in a job where you're saying, I'm not in ministry and you compartmentalize your life. You have your church life, but you haven't invited God in. And God is saying, where are you on your job? He's saying, where are you? He's waiting for you to reference him and change your entire perspective. So you work for strange people and you don't like what is happening there. They might not like you either if that attitude's there, but I think God is speaking to some. How many of you would say, I need God to change my heart this morning? There, there's something shifting in your heart right now. Can we just all stand together and reach out to God? I feel like the Lord wants to shift our perspective. And this is a word that Jonathan's brought us today. Lord, we just reach out to you right now. We just raise our hands to you, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, there are people here that feel like they've been stuck. And you've been calling, saying, right here, would you just reference me? I want to change your perspective. I want to change what's happening in the job. I want to change what's going on in your life. I want you to see people that you haven't seen through my eyes. I want you to see opportunity that's right there in front of you that you haven't seen. Father, I just pray that there would be a breaking of chains and old paradigms, old mentalities. And I pray that there would just be a release right now of a a new perspective, your perspective. And I pray, Lord, as we lift our hands to you, that we would begin to worship you, not just on Sunday or in our quiet times, but that all throughout the day, we would be referencing you, praising you, and that you would release a sound through us and in us, that we would get used to the sound of you coming in the garden, so to speak, that we would begin to hear and know when your presence is there, what you want to do. Lord, change us, we pray. And I, and I have a word. There are several people the Lord is telling me here this morning. There are several of you. You've grieved the Lord by just like I did years ago by saying, Lord, I want to be in ministry. And you've despised what you're doing. You need to ask God to forgive you right now. Yeah. And you did thank him for the work that you do. And do it to the glory of God. Jesus. We just repent, Father, of those attitudes when we have grieved you. Oh, God, help us. Help us, Lord. Thank you for this word today. Just work it in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.